Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. Meet more sir. robot. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the turtles? Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. On 1080 The Fan. Hour two of two here on Sports Sunday with Mike Rashad and Joe. Let's Rob Tires podcast will be posted after this show. That's where you can find it if you'd like to go back and listen to it. We spent most of the first hour dissecting baseball's idea of playing in a safe quote-unquote space in Arizona and then absolutely destroying it based on an article from Sports Illustrated about uh, just how many details there would be that would need to be kept perfect for that to even work in just how many ways that that could be broken very quickly by one player, one hospital worker, one hotel worker just doing something or being even near something they shouldn't be near. So if you want to go listen to that, that'll be up on uh, radio.com app, 1080thefan.com on the Les Schwab Tires podcast. Uh, Hater love it coming up in a couple of segments, but uh, Rashad brought this to my attention earlier today, and I did not see this story, so I, uh, I clicked on the link when he brought it up. So it's interesting that this matters a lot to people, but Todd Gurley, now on the Atlanta Falcons, by the way, if you've not been following the random transactions of the NFL season, no longer a Los Angeles Ram. Uh, neither is Brandon Cooks, by the way. He is, uh, he's been traded to Houston, who, again, are doing very strange things. Maybe we can get to that here Super in a Bowl second, too. Bust, Houston! Uh, yeah, sort of. We'll probably get to that next because uh, that's interesting what Houston is doing. But uh, Todd Gurley is in Atlanta, and he's going to wear the number 21, which is his number. Hmm. Who else has worn the number 21 in Atlanta? Oh, man. I wonder. Yeah. Is there like a really famous player who was really good for that franchise? Probably the best ever at his position. Has a yeah. nickname that's really iconic. And, um, oh, that's right. Deion not ringing, Sanders. Not ringing any bells, bro. Deion, Deion Sanders. Prime time. Prime time. Um, Todd Gurley apparently asked Dion if he could have 21. And Dion said, no, 
You can't. And Todd Gurley's just going to go, well, okay, I'm going to wear it anyway. And the reason I say I don't know why people care, and when I say people, not people, I mean the players, is I've always been fascinated by the whole number thing when someone else has worn the number but it's not retired and it's like, oh, can you wear this number if you're on this team? Why Why is that such a big deal? I feel like it's it shouldn't be as big of a deal as it's made out to be. Like I mean, that Dion wouldn't give him the blessing to wear it, but he's going to wear it anyway. It's like, who cares, Dion? You, you wore 21 when you were there. You're not there anymore. It's not retired. So the number is available to be used. It's just very strange to me. No, I mean, uh, primetime made the number 21 a thing, right? You know what I mean? I think Was it him? Yeah, I think there's certain guys that make certain numbers. Like Jordan made 23 of course. a thing. Uh, Magic made 32, or I guess you could say OJ too, you know, because you know OJ was really, really good. But and and I think Marcus Allen was what number? Uh, can't remember. I don't know. Two or 32. But either way, um, you know, as far as those being cool numbers, that was you know a thing. Uh, Allen Iverson was number three. It's just it's just kind of one of those things. You know that those you equate those numbers with certain people. Deion Sanders is the greatest cornerback, defensive back, whatever you want to call him in the history of the NFL. For for three different teams, he made that 21 mean something. Right? Like I mean, it's it's one of those things. And you know, Atlanta does they don't do they don't retire numbers. They do a ring of honor and all those little things, but they don't actually retire numbers. So I did not know that. Yeah. So technically, Todd Gurley, who was number 30, which is weird, like you were number 30 when you were in in uh uh LA. Right, so maybe he wants. He's always wanted to be twenty one. I don't know. In Atlanta, like I get it. That's like that's like somebody getting drafted to play for the Bulls. Like you know what? I've always wanted to be number twenty three. No, <laughs> what are you talking about, man? That's not how how that works. Go to the Heat, man. You know what? Number three looks like it's calling my name. Or I could be thirty three. No, you can't be either one of those numbers. They're they're reserved for some of the greatest of all time. So it's just it's weird that Gurley would want to do that, knowing that everybody's going to look at that jersey and say, man, that's. That's prime times. And all this time since Dion left Atlanta, I don't think anybody's worn number 21 since then. There might have been. I don't know. Man, uh, text police let us know, 55305, if you know somebody else outside of uh, Gurley has decided to wear prime times number. I think it's one of those things. It's it's silly. It, for you're, you're arguably, um, not even arguably, you are a top 15, top 20 player of all time in the NFL. Uh, everybody knows it. And it just seems weird that you would – Choose that number. And I totally understand guys like, oh, man, Kobe was my favorite player, so I wear number 24. I wear number 8. Man, okay, I get it. That's cool. But if I went to the Lakers, I couldn't wear number 8 or 24. That would be silly, right? So you got to give Prime that exact same type of respect. Now, I totally understand. Make your own name. Do your own thing. But, yeah, that's that's Prime time. I just feel like it's strange that it matters that much. That's all. I mean, I get your point. Yes, Dion was 21. And yes, that was, you know, he was famous for that, especially in Atlanta. But I mean, just because Todd Gurley wears 21 doesn't take anything away from that number or, or from Deion Sanders, right? People will still remember Deion Sanders as 21. They probably won't remember Todd Gurley as 21 at the end of the day. Um, by the way, you just, you got me curious. You're like, he's the most famous 21 is Dion in sports is what you said, right? Mm-hmm. I just looked it up just for S's and G's. Uh, according to this, the most famous is Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. Yeah, I mean five rings and everything, but honestly, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. Dion's number three on this list. Who's who's number two? Kevin Garnett. Absolutely no. 
Absolutely. Football is king, has always been king. And Deion Sanders is the greatest at his position. Now, Tim Duncan is the only person I'd be like, okay, I could kind of see that. But even still, Duncan was never like. Also, Roberto Clemente was number 21. Stop it, man. Also. Stop all, it. I'm not saying stop it, but but Tim, but Deion Sanders, like, come on, man. Like, if you if you could choose any one of these guys, mind you, primetime played baseball. LaDainian Tomlinson. Prime, not not primetime. Dominique Wilkins. Not primetime. Again. Charles Woodson. And not primetime. Joel, Joel Embiid. Come on, keep going. Like, we can keep going. Like Jimmy n- Butler. Not prime time. Roger Clemens were 21 with the Red Sox. Sorry. Don Sutton. It's a pretty good one. Yeah, okay. You don't, you don't know who Don Sutton is, do you? He's not prime time, bro. I can tell you that much. <laughs> There's no 30 for 30s made about Don Sutton or, or any, any little NFL films made about him. And I think the reason is because... World Be Free War 21. That's a great one of the greatest names of all time. But World Be Free is nowhere near... The 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 status of Peter Forsberg Sanders. We, we can name, we keep going. We can do this all day, baby. It's the the, the cold former Syracuse Orange, <laughs> uh, Dave Bing. Yeah, it's 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 it's. There's only one. You know, at the end of the day, like from from the number to the the wristbands on his on his arms and everything, from the bandana that he wore, and then oh, just the most iconic end zone dance or strut that you will ever see in any sport, like Deion Sanders. They, you can dance now in the end zone. Like, all that is because of him. You know, let's make no mistake about it, man. He was that dude. Punt returner, corner, safety, wherever you put him, receiver. You put him anywhere on the field, and he was going to do his thing. Tim Duncan's my one of my two favorite players of all time. Tim Duncan is nowhere near the star power that Deion Sanders Well, of course, because Tim Duncan keeps quiet to himself. And, and, that's, and that's all Duncan. Kevin Garnett is loud and boisterous and still not anywhere near uh, prime time. And it's just that's one of those a little things. weird that he was number two. Yeah. Maybe more just like... People thinking currently yeah, versus that was, thinking that was somebody that don't like Dion. The best. Well, no, it was it's it, it was an aggregate list of people voting on who the best was, but uh, yeah. Anyway, I digress. Uh, it's just strange to me that people care so much about the numbers that they wore um, and not letting other people wear them. That's just weird to me. You can still have a legacy if someone else wears your number. It's just your it's your legacy. It's not the numbers legacy. So that's just kind of how I feel about it. All right, coming up next, Brandon Cooks traded again, and the Texans made a bad trade again. This is sort of Sports Sunday on the fan. H2O, you made this? Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 1017 here on your Sunday morning. Mike, Rashad, Joe with you till 11 o'clock. Hater Love It's coming up next. Almost forgot this happened this week. It's been the, one of those weird weeks of, oh, yeah, that's right. I think that's going to happen constantly now. That was this week? Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Brandon Cooks is on the move again, former Oregon State wide receiver. This is now his fourth team. He got drafted by the Saints, went to New England, went to the Rams, who finally paid him. And now he is going to the Houston Texans. The trade. The Texans get Brandon Cooks and a fourth-round pick. The Rams get a second-round pick. So, basically, if you look at all of these things as if they happened together, Houston traded DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth-round pick for Brandon Cooks and David Johnson. Nice pit, Nice trade. I like it. That is so bad. 
especially considering that David Johnson and Brandon Cooks are considered two of the most untouchably bad contracts in the NFL because David Johnson got paid after one good year and has not had a good year since and has been injured. Brandon Cooks got paid big. Brandon Cooks is good. He's way better than David Johnson, but he's no DeAndre Hopkins. Let's be, let's be real. And he makes way more money than DeAndre Hopkins does. So again, a very baffling move by Houston. I guess they're like, oh, well, we traded DeAndre Hopkins, so we need another number one receiver, which Brandon Cooks has never truly proven to be, by the way. And they're like, oh, we'll go get Brandon Cooks. And we got a second round pick for DeAndre Hopkins, but we'll give it right back up for Brandon Cooks. So you basically got no second round pick and you got a worse receiver. I just don't understand what Houston's doing. I don't get it. It's like Bill O'Brien's addicted to trades. He just wants to keep making trades. He's like Jerry DePoto on the Mariners. Just trades every day. Just keep making trades because it's fun. This is terrible. It's no, terrible. Yeah, um, it's it's hard to try to figure out like what exactly Bill O'Brien is 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 thinking about. Like, and if, I think this is the bad thing about being the coach and the GM at the same time. Like, you, you he needs to focus on one or the other. He and you you feel a certain way about Bill O'Brien, not the best coach. Um, I wouldn't disagree with you. You know, I I don't think he's a, not the best coach. I don't think he's a great coach. He's not terrible, but they make the playoffs at but like nine I, and seven. I think they at least they're at least trying to. But he's also the GM, and that's the problem. I, yeah, and I think that's that's the, the biggest issue, man. You got to get somebody else to do that. Either be the GM or be the coach. You know, I'd, I'd say go ahead and uh, and and be the GM. But I think they're trying to do their best to still kind of build a a competent offense. You know, if you can believe that, like obviously losing the one of the best receivers in football doesn't help. You know, that's not good. Brandon Cooks isn't a bad receiver. Um he's not I mean he's he's not a, a top ten guy, but he's somebody that can be like right on the cusp of being a, a top ten receiver. We've seen it before from Brandon Cooks. So we know that the skill set is there. It's like, but can he put it together um consecutive weeks for a whole season? I think that's the big question that we all kind of uh ask ourselves. But um David Johnson obviously dealt with some for a couple of years, some offensive line issues, some injury issues. He had the broken hand a couple, uh, was a year ago? In the concussions. He's had a lot of concussions. So, you know, and I think a lot of that is just that offensive line just is not, was not able to hold up. They got better uh, this past year because they had to learn to protect Kyler, especially as much as he moves. But still, they, they weren't great. And I think David Johnson just needed to be in a different position. You still got Will Fuller, you know what I'm saying, uh, in, in that offense. So at, at least with uh, – Cooks and Fuller on the outside, you know, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for a lot of big plays in between there. So I think there's some good things, but yeah, it's it's head scratcher because when you see it, it's like, wait, what? Why? And then uh, what does that say about Brandon Cooks? You know, and that's, I think that's the, I think that's another question. That's that a we, huge question. You know, what this. does it say about him? Like he's a guy that just it looks like he's. I mean, and we could be wrong. Maybe his teammates love him, and it's just you know a performance issue or it's a contract issue. But for whatever reason, just teams. Good teams, teams that have competed in the Super Bowl are like, yeah, we're good. I'm going to move on from Brandon Cooks. I think that there's one of two things with Cooks, and we don't know because we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but he's either a terrible player or a person in the locker room, right? We Guys who are good who get traded like this are not good in the locker room. I don't know a lot about Brandon Cooks. Uh, I, I thought he was – I always thought he was a nice guy, but, I, I mean, again, you don't really know. Or B, he's just not as good as people think he is. His numbers are good, mostly. But think about when you watch Brandon Cooks play. 
how much of what he does has a massive impact on the team's wins or losses. When he was in New Orleans, he was the best receiver there, and they drafted Michael Thomas, who we all know how good Michael Thomas turned out to be, and they went, yeah, we're not paying you Brandon Cooks because we got Michael Thomas, who's going to be one of the best receivers in, in the NFL. Patriots had him for, what, a year? And they were like, yeah, okay, we're kind of good. We don't really need you anymore. The Rams paid him, which was probably a huge mistake, but he got surpassed by Cooper Cup. He wasn't the number one there. And frankly, Robert Woods was probably the number two. And then their number four, Josh Reynolds, started getting more action than Brandon Cooks did at the end of last year. So is it possible that despite good stats, that Brandon Cooks impactfully is not that big, not that good of a receiver? I mean, does that does that make sense? Like no. he's he's good, but he doesn't really do a lot to help you win. And no, I mean, I I could definitely see that because when he was in New England, he was a he he was the third option in New England. You know, obviously Gronk. Option one, option two was Edelman, and then you were right there to kind of pick up uh, some of the slack. But even still, in between there, you had uh, the Hogan guy that was there for a little bit in New England that was taking a lot of balls away from Brandon Cooks. But I think for us here locally, it's hard for us not to remember Brandon Cooks, the Oregon State receiver, right? And we remember how good he was. And in that terrible Oregon State offense, he was still the one that was able to make some things happen. He was the one that was able to be – the oh, did he get drafted high in the draft? I can't remember where uh, where Cooks went. But either way, you know, Oregon State's always been wide receiver you, and so we kind of knew that he would go to the NFL and have uh, some some production there. I just think he's gotten to a point to where he's he was the first round twentieth. Okay, so yeah, first round. But he's one of the guys that like this this past year it wasn't great, and like year by year, this production has just kind of started to fall off. I think. He had a career worst 40, 42 catches this year. Injuries, and, really. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, and the Texans will be his fourth team in five years. That's a lot, man. If you if you've been in four relationships in five years, that's saying more about you than it's saying about the people that you're in the relationships with. Just saying. That is true. And it, you, last year was bad. It was injuries, and I did play in fourteen games, and he he saw a lot less looks because the other guys kind of took over, but. In 1,200 yards receiving the year before, he had over 1,000 for five straight year or four straight years. Um, you know, nine, eight, seven touchdowns a couple of those times as well. It's it's just when you watch him play, it's different. I don't know if it's because he's smaller. I don't know if it's because maybe he's not the best route runner. Again, these are all questions that maybe will be answered in the long run. Maybe we'll you know if if we get some scouting on him as a, as a player from like the Daniel Jeremiah's of the world or the Matt Millers who come out and talk about why he keeps getting traded but i don't there's got to be something there's smoke where there's smoke there's fire there always is so there's got to be some reason why he's not sticking on a team i don't think it's because he's a bad person so i just i'm 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 trending more towards him just not being as good as the numbers make him look that's kind of just where i'm kind of trending with that but it's just weird it's 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 weird to see a guy sent that many places and still have good numbers and just keep losing that spot. But at least he got paid, right? Yeah. <laughs> Bravo for getting paid. The Rams paid everybody, and then now they're cutting everybody because they can't afford anyone. Get your money, bro. However you get it, man. I'm not mad at you. But, man, just back to the Texans real quick. I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter of people, like, promoting their skill position group now all of a sudden. And they're like, oh, look at all these guys that they have. And it's like, What? What? David Johnson has not been good for three years. 
DeAndre Hopkins is better than any of the guys that you're promoting. So you got Deshaun Watson. He's fantastic. But you don't have anyone now who's like a great top number one receiver. You've got a couple of number twos and Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm you know, I'm just curious of what the what we're what the game plan is. Like, okay, you've tried to you tried to build an offense. I mean, I think we can say that any they you need tried to build an offense. You're, you're trying to build an offense after you just let your whole offense go. So this at is at the end of the day. You just let your whole offense go, which was DeAndre Hopkins. You can have him. Now they're trying to start from scratch with guys that are like B plus players. This is who they're working with. Ian Rappaport tweeted out the other day. They got um Obviously, Brandon Cooks, Will, Fu- Will Fuller, Randall Cobb, and Kenny Stills. Hmm. Tight end Darren Fells, and then David Johnson and and Duke Johnson as running back. Oh, boy. You know what? That sounds like mediocrity. Yeah, basically. It sounds like 9-7 and seven, yeah. at best. At best. At Maybe 7-9. and nine. Borderline playoff team. Desha- but Bill O'Brien's bad coaching is going to keep him out this time. Deshaun Watson gets you at least six wins by himself. Five, six wins around there. So they'll pull out a few other ones. I'm trying to see here. There's so much money left on the Brandon Cooks contract, too, and the David Johnson contract. They took on two huge contracts that they did not need to take on. DeAndre Hopkins wasn't getting paid yet. Why did you trade him? He wasn't getting paid this kind of money yet, I should say. Ugh, so baffling. Well, at least at least among the coronavirus, we can still laugh at Bill O'Brien being a bad GM. <laughs> There's always something to, to Thank talk you. about there. Thank you, Bill O'Brien, for giving us the gift that keeps on giving. All right. Coming up next, it is time for Hate It or Love It. But first, Joe has sports. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. You could have started. You could have started. Well, I wanna, I'm not rude. I'm going to wait. Don't. <laughs> The music's playing, and I'm not here yet. You can start talking. Take the cue from Suk whenever Rob's late for the segment. He just starts, you know. Or you go yell in the hallway. Ah! Segment is starting. We got to go. We got to go. Alarm time. Let's go. My only question, did you wipe? Of course. Okay. Of course. Of course, of course. All right. Uh, Hater love it time. Last week was all sports, and now we gave Joe the freedom to do whatever the hell he wants to do. So, let's begin. All right, we're going sports first, and then okay. we're going to Easter hater to love it questions. Um, our first uh, one. My wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think uh, when I say uh, these questions, I would say as, like, in general, not your personal. At least okay. try and think of, like, a society and, okay. you know, the big picture. Okay? Don't think about yourself. I'll Mike. try. I'll try. Sounds good. Jesus. All right, so uh, it was uh, announced Friday uh, that Drew Brees setting himself up for the future that when he retires, he's going to be working for NBC Sports. And whether that will be in a play-by-play format, I'm not sure, but I think that is where the future leads for him is that he will end up in the booth for them on Sunday nights. So, hater to love it, Drew Brees will be the next best play-by-play guy. Oh, like... 
Tony Romo, number two, coming in. Yes. You know, I'm going to go ahead and say hate on this one, and it's purely because it's very, very difficult to do what Tony Romo did and take broadcasting by storm. Oftentimes, we will see a new play, a color analyst or play-by-play -play guy come in and struggle a little bit in the beginning because they're not used to it, and it's a it's a difficult job. It is. You have to analyze plays as they're happening. You have to be interesting. You got to be entertaining. You got to do it all at the same time. I've seen Drew Brees talk before. I've seen him do stuff before uh, with media. He's well spoken, of course, but. It's a very different animal when you step into the booth. Look at how tough it has been for ESPN to find anybody who's competent as a color analyst. Jason Witten was terrible. Um, and Booger is not much better than he is either. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really tough. I mean, people hate on you too. People who were legends in the number two chair, uh, like Phil Sims, people would just rip on Phil Sims constantly for being bad at it. He wasn't bad. He was on CBS's number one team for a very long time. Uh, because he was good, but people just, it's not easy to do it and be entertaining all the time. So I'm going to go ahead and say, hey, I just don't know enough about Drew Brees in that spot, and it's way more difficult than Tony Romo made it look. So, uh, hey, he will not be the new Tony Romo or now the second best color analyst. Uh, I'm going to hate it as well. Um, the one thing we knew about Tony Romo was Tony Romo was incredibly resilient. He was incredibly uh, charismatic. You know, he's a guy. He's also a guy that dated Jessica Simpson for a while. Uh, he's a guy that knows, you know, what it's like to be in that eye playing for the Dallas Cowboys for as long as he did, especially as being uh, somebody that was often hurt for the Cowboys and wasn't able. So he heard a lot of criticism already, you know, coming kind of coming in. Drew Brees is somebody who's. You know, we don't really know a lot about him personally. You know, we know we've seen the family, we've seen the stuff after the Super Bowl. We know he's this great winner, but sometimes when you're great at something, it's hard to explain how you're great. How do you explain this five foot ten Drew Brees who can sling the ball all over the field to all these amazing receivers through all his career? It's hard to understand. That. It's hard to explain that. Sometimes it takes somebody who needs to learn a little bit more, like Tony Romo did, that can be able to diagram a diagram a play for you and break a defense down for you, no problem. I think Tony Romo is best at that. I think any quarterback is good. That's why I think Phil Simms was so good. That's why Troy Aikman has been on for as long as he has. Man, quarterbacks. People like able. to rip on Troy Aikman, yeah, too. I mean, they, they do, but Troy Aikman is not bad at what he does. You know, he and Joe Buck are not bad at what they do. And I think uh, when you got a quarterback in there, he can better diagram that because he sees everything on the field. If you're a tight end, Jason Witten, if you're a defensive player, Booger McFarlane, man, it's hard to tell you exactly what everybody's doing on the field at one time. But somebody like Romo, somebody like Drew Brees, uh, I think knowing an offense is right up and down is a uh, right up his alley and knowing a defense so i think he'd be fine but i think he would probably be fourth third or fourth phil sims is still doing it right phil yeah sims, yeah phil so he'll he'd be fourth. well i mean he's not doing it actually i don't think he is doing it anymore is he i can't remember i don't know i think phil sims is gone i think he's gone so he'd be third thing so if that's the case it'd be romo aikman um Reese from there you don't even know though no, don't forget no. charles davis he's very good charles davis is very good all right. And on from our one Chris Collinsworth. On to our uh from our one football sports related to Easter related okay. questions. And um, you know, just looking at the full calendar year and looking at our major holidays that we have. We've got Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween, New Year's. And uh when I look at the calendar nice addition of Halloween in there. <laughs> hey, it's, uh, it's it's a major holiday, I would say, as far as uh, festivities go, people having parties. It and, is. Yeah. Um, and when I, the more I look at Easter, I mean, Easter's just, uh, 
It's a, it's kind of a meh holiday. I mean, I understand the religious aspect for some people, but uh, hate or love it. I feel like that's, that's a pretty big deal for a lot of people, yeah. Hate or love it. Easter is the worst major holiday. Uh, ugh. Hate it. Um, uh, and if you do an, hate it, what is the worst major holiday? Well, the worst major holiday is probably Halloween. You know, if you're if you're if we're being honest, man, uh, Halloween is a kid's holiday at best. Uh, adults don't do anything but buy the candy, buy the costume, hand out the candy all night, and then eat said candy that's that's remaining. You know, that's about the only good thing uh, about Halloween. I will say that, you, I, yeah, I do that. I, I I have I can't tell you the last time I went to a Halloween party. I can't tell you the last time that I actually dressed up, went and bought a costume for Halloween. I can tell you I eat every every Easter. There's a, there's food to be had at somebody's house every Easter. It's an opportunity to hang out with your family. There was always an ESPN Sunday uh, Sunday game for basketball not on the today. stage. No, not today, obviously, but an opportunity to sit with your family. It's the other Thanksgiving. You know what I'm saying? It's an opportunity to sit with your family, to have some drinks, smoke if that's what you do, have a bunch of food, and just have a bunch of laughs. And then if you're a religious person, this is an opportunity for you to go to church and you know to, to praise your Lord. And if you're Jewish, it's an opportunity to be with you and your family for Passover and everything like there's a lot of things the good things that go on into Easter uh, I think Halloween is the one that's probably the one that you're you're quickest ready to get over you as an adult don't get anything from Halloween every other one of the holidays you actually receive something from even if it's looking at the the fireworks for uh 4th of july and having a barbecue and all that stuff there is actually nothing fun about being rained on trick-or-treating counting candy going through candy if you have kids to make sure it's all quote-unquote safe all those little things yeah halloween is more of a chore than anything that's really tough joe because well a i've never celebrated easter before and uh, but i think uh i said yeah just think a big picture i am thinking big picture in general not just yourself everybody yeah thanks joe i appreciate that i was just trying to formulate the thought <laughs> uh by talking um i'm gonna go ahead and say love not because Easter is bad. Actually, a lot of what Rashad says, those are my favorite holidays, the ones where you go spend time with your family and you have a big meal and there's an activity involved or two. I love Passover for that reason. I love Thanksgiving for that reason. Um, I also know with Easter, a lot of time outdoors, you got the little egg hunts and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm going to say love because the other holidays are just better. Christmas is better. Thanksgiving is better. Halloween is better. Fourth of July is better. Whatever other major holiday you want to include on that list. They just have more going for it than Easter. Why is it a why is it a bunny rabbit? I don't know. Why is there a rabbit involved when the holiday is about Jesus? <laughs> South Park has a great Easter episode explaining that. Um, so I, I'll, I'll say it's the worst of the majors just because the other ones have a little bit more going for it, but it's still a great holiday, right? Anything that you get to spend time with your family is going to be fun. Anytime that you can make unique foods that are relevant only for a certain weekend or a certain time of the year, it makes it a little bit better. So. Uh, I'll say I'll say love, but just because holidays are good. All right, and going from uh, the worst holiday to a matchup of the worst candy, Rashad, you said that the worst candy or uh, uh, holiday is Halloween. Yes. And Mike Marty's. is uh, saying that uh, Easter worst major holiday. So we say marshmallow peeps, hate it or love it, are worse than candy corn. Love oh, it. love. That is as hard of a love as I've had in a long yeah, that's time. That's an easy one. First of all, I absolutely hate the hate for candy corn. I think candy corn is delightful and very, very good in certain doses, especially the pumpkins, the big, thick pumpkins that come out. Those are great. Peeps are disgusting. I I, I tried peeps growing up, and I, as a kid, was like, these are bad. 
Why am I eating these? And then again, when you try them as an adult, you're like, no, nobody should like these. They're not good. And I understand people hate candy corn because they think it's waxy, but you're just, you're not thinking big brain enough. You're thinking small brain. <laughs> you got to expand your horizons into the candy corn world and try the different flavors. And you got No, you don't. What? No, you don't. Oh, are you on the other side of this? Uh, no, I'm saying I don't, I don't agree with that about candy corn, but oh. I'm absolutely on your side with this. Okay, okay. I was going to say, I was like, you seemed to be in agreement with me, which was which was very pleasant. Rashad, because- if you can somehow make a convincing argument for Marshmallow Peeps, you could possibly win this. I'm sorry, then I lose. Because <laughs> Marshmallow Peeps are by far and away the worst, most unnecessary candy that I've ever seen in my life. Number one, who the hell is just eating marshmallows? That's number one. And then these aren't even real marshmallows. They're like marshmallowy stuff. They've got this little... It's weird. They got this little, like, glitter sprinkle on top of it. <laughs> I and forgot about the just glitter. It just all over your fingers and everything like that. There's no taste to any of these things. It's just yellow food-coloring marshmallow, purple food-coloring marshmallow. Peeps are the worst candy ever. Second worst candy ever... Probably candy corn. Candy corn is not something good. Be careful what you say about candy corn. You might just lose it. Man, listen. Candy corn is terrible. What's the taste of candy corn? I don't know, but it's good. What is it? Orange? You know, it's like candy corn, peeps, black licorice, Mike, uh, good and plenty's. Those are the worst candies. Smarties. Those are the worst candies ever made. Shot, and you a, better be careful here. You're towing the line. Listen, hey man, I'm 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 okay with losing this one if it's about man having to love peeps because peeps are terrible. Anytime they're in my son's basket, I kindly remove them and do what most people should have done with them in the first place, and that's put them into the garbage can because peeps are terrible. And anybody who eats peeps, uh, you're terrible too. No, you're not. No, you're not. Just kidding. But peeps are terrible. You probably have terrible case in candy, though. I think that the only good reason for marshmallow peeps is to put them in the microwave. Yes. For what? Attempt watch them expand and get all big, and then you throw them in the trash. When's right the last after. time somebody told you, hey, Joe, you going to the store? Can you, can you get me some peeps? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, never. Bro, but grab I, me some candy corn when you come back from the store. Never. Those are words you'll never hear from. Uh, I have said that before. Really? I like candy corn. Lynch. I like candy corn. Candy corn is not good. Candy I corn is good. Like candy corn is terrible. Candy corn. Candy corn is terrible. It is underappreciated, and it's. I see no respect for a delightful candy <laughs> that like, has been on Halloween all the time. Do you like Tootsie Rolls too? Yes. Of course you do. You like that bag of candy with like the Bitto honey and like the Smarties and stuff like no, that? No, Smarties are chalk. Um, what? Oh, oh God. Do you like Smarties? Uh, yeah, Smarties Joe, are a solid oh, so candy. Joe, so Joe's so the one who likes that bag specifically. Those are a solid candy. All right. Uh, first of all, wait. Tootsie Rolls are not bad. Tootsie Rolls are bad. No, they're not. It's not even chocolate. Like, what is it? Who cares? It's delicious. <laughs> Get out of here. Have you had, like, the blue Tootsie Rolls? You're like, those ones. Not the blue one. Not the blue one. Like the or- they're called. Yeah. Those, orange, those yeah. ones are actually pretty good. Joe, <laughs> come on, bro. <laughs> Sound like a, a 60-year-old man over here. <laughs> Alternative candy, Joe Fish. I need my Werther's original. Man, get <laughs> this right. man some cinnamon disc. Do you want uh, your winner here? Yeah, let's hear it. Your winner is Rashad. Really? He was very passionate against the peeps. He was close to losing it hey man, due listen. to his candy corn and Smarties remarks. Peeps are not good. I, st- I double down. Smarties are terrible. I dare you to find a candy that's worse than any one of those five. But the, I was going to say, the uh, so the slander against candy corn and Smarties was made up for the mention of how bad uh, Good and Plenty's are. And good and Plenty's are terrible. Yeah, Black another garbage candy. It so. is terrible. Uh, coming up next, uh, sports, sunshine on the fan.
Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. I love this music. Uh, I didn't hear it last week. Lynch got the win. I'm glad to be here with this W on this beautiful day. Hey, there's a speedboat going by. Is that okay for social distancing? Is that okay to do? Like well, ten- if there's only one or two people on the boat, I imagine that's okay. Well, yeah. is, it, is that okay? Can you be on the boats and stuff right now? Yeah. Like, technically, like, you can't be at any park. So, unless you, like, docked by your house, like. I think technically you probably shouldn't be. But I'm going to go ahead and give these people a pass because, I mean, they're just by themselves on a boat, right? Or two people on a boat. That now was, you can't be having like a party. That but. was literally my question uh, when you guys were mentioning about uh, summer months at the beginning of the show, talking about the nice weather and everything. And it, that was my first thought. I was like, well, with the nice weather, with it, people are going to want to go to the river and go on the boats. Is that going to be a thing where, I mean, and then I also started thinking about the floats, people floating down the Clackamas River and stuff like that, doing the Barton to Carver and things like that. I'm like, ooh, that The Rashad dude. Taylor Sandy River float special. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's not happening. I don't right think, now. yeah, Unfortunately, exactly. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Uh, and if you are at the river, uh, take your ass home. Like, what are you doing at the river? Well, Go that's home. what I'm going to say is I'm willing to give these people a pass because – It's as if they're going out into their backyard, but they have a means of transportation that allows them to have their backyard be a body of water. I like it. If you look down this way, straight behind me, there are, oh, now that boat's kind of getting kind of close. There are four or five boats that had a good amount of space between them, although now this boat, he's going right up next to the other boat. So that's probably, sir, if you can hear me, if you're listening, don't do do that. (laughs) Don't go up right next to the other boat. Keep your soul, keep your distance in the water too, right? No, yeah, seriously, like you're of, probably not supposed to be out there though. Probably not, but I can imagine if you, you know, I, as we look out and you know, right behind you, I can see a bunch of you know houses that are over there, and if you're right on the the you know, the well, there are house the river, boats that are down here yeah, too. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. So if you're right there on the bank of the river, then I'm all good with you going out and taking your boat for a spin and doing whatever you do. But uh, yeah, man, it's 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 one of those things. I think I would too. I'll be honest, if I if I lived on the, the bank of a river, man, I'd probably be out there on the boat every day, being real. Oh, of course Especially you if the weather was like this, of man. Of course there, you would. You, you like being out in the water. It's really fun. Growing up in uh, this area, and my dad has a boat, and also they used to do, like, jet skis and stuff with some family friends. And over here, past the Ross Island there, they have those boat houses, essentially, the houses that sit on the water. It's always been my dream to have one of those but then again i start thinking about the logistics of living on one of those and what would come with like just owning a home that literally is sitting on water i thought about that before too because i can't imagine ever doing it well it's like you buy it and then these things that normally wouldn't happen to a house because you live on water start happening and you're like oh god this is a bad yeah, idea what would those things i mean obviously i don't could, know water like, damage would be a number one i would imagine <laughs> yeah you know, the rising and the and the lowering of the water levels would be interesting to say the least. But exactly. I mean, if you if you've ever watched any of those shows on like HGTV, HGTV where they do houseboats, some of them are really nice. Oh, absolutely. They're just on the water. So you want to hear some funny? So I had a buddy that lived over um kind of like Hayden Meadows, not Hayden Meadows area, but like Jansen Beach area, and he lived in these um like trailers, like trailer homes. And when I was when when he saw when I saw he lived over there, I was like, ugh. This, these should be cool. Man, those are the most beautiful trailer homes I've ever seen in my life. They were huge, and it was right on uh, 
the Willamette, right on the Columbia River. So it was like, man, this is super, super, super cool. So sometime you, you know, you'll be surprised by some of these houseboats and some of these trailers, especially these ones that are right along the river. Like some of these joints are incredibly nice, incredibly. So I got to get me one one day. I saw that. I was like, is that your future home? Man, it might be one of them. I saw that. I was like, man, <laughs> one of them. He wants I, multiple. Because <laughs> I go in there and it's like, it's like two like huge bedrooms and a nice bathroom and a nice living room with the window facing the 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 river it was like man this is dope bro like the whole time i passed that place for most of my life i was like huh trailers yeah i don't want to live there man i would love to live there right now that would be that would be an ultimate bachelor pad right there and again not even looking at them like you would you would never know they were that nice so yeah a lot of these would it be the ultimate bachelor's pad probably not because if you if you bring the lady up there they're like oh my god i think the ultimate bachelor's pad is anything that's like on one of these you know, high rises in one of these, you know, big buildings or something yeah. like that. Like you, you get a nice little penthouse. That's the ultimate bachelor. Okay. Pad. Well, how you about a reasonable right? ultimate bachelor pad? You can live in one of those high rises oh, and just have a beautiful view. A reasonable one and live like, in a one bedroom, like the Tamarack somewhere in North Portland or something like that. You know, just a reasonable. What is Tamarack? I'm that? just joking, man. If you if you're in if you're from Portland, you you know what the Tamaracks are. It's the it's the some of the hood apartments that oh. are right over there, and you know anywhere anywhere you you dress your stuff up nice, it's gonna be a nice little bachelor's pad. But Tamarack, how I would, do you spell it? I don't know, Tamaracks, just like it's just like it sounds, I suppose. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's one of those things. Like my, I remember I went to go uh, pick up a girl from the Tamaracks, and she told me where she lived, and it was in the north. And I was, she was like, oh, "Okay," I was like, "Where do you stay?" And she's like, "Oh, I live in." Uh, I live in the apartments across the street from the wreck. I was like, uh, word. <laughs> she was like, yeah. I was like, are you in the Tamarack? She was like, yep. I was like, uh, cool. That's one of those joints. I don't, I didn't even stop my car at that point. I just kind of kept it, you know, a nice little roll, you know? So when you're here, just jump in the car, literally jump in because I will not be stopping for you, you know, at that point. Did you oh, there's, well, there's so many that are popping up. Hold on. This is very confusing. I typed in Tamarack Apartments, and there's like a thousand apartments that popped up. There's apartments called the Peloton Apartments. That seems weird. <laughs> yeah, no, like whenever the apartments are named like something, the Groves or the you know the Highlands, typically those apartments are pretty terrible. It's just it's just one of those things. Like usually they usually give names for bad apartments like something really uplifting. You know, the 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 gardens, and there's no garden anywhere near. The garden. So yeah, that just happens to be like so if, the you, oasis. if, if you're looking yeah, seriously. If you're looking for an apartment, you find yourself looking for a new spot and it's named the Oasis or Spring Gardens that man, there's no oasis. There's no garden. It is you are being catfished via um whomever is trying to sell you that, you know, that property. Just letting you know. Are they near U of P? Yes. Okay. Then yes, I have now found them. Yes, they are. Well, yes. They're kind of between St. John's UP and uh, Kenton. Yes. Yeah. All that stuff. All so right. Shout out to the Tamaracks and don't don't go still up there. I suppose. Show no, field trip. Still lives there. Yeah. Yeah. Show. <laughs> no, live. thank you. We can we can do a show live from uh, McCoy Park. I'm sure you guys would like that. Would I? Probably not. Okay. But we can make it happen. All right. That's gonna do it for us this Sunday. Thanks for listening. Let's Rock Tires podcast will be up. 1080thefan.com, radio.com app. We'll be back next week, 9 to 11 a.m. as we roll on every single Sunday on Sort of Sports Sunday. And as the sports become less, we'll talk more about candy and Easter and Tamaracks and other assorted things of fun. 
That'll be uh, that'll be coming up, though, as we keep rolling on here as we live in the new coronavirus world. Have a very good rest of your Sunday. If you can enjoy the weather in a safe way, do so. And we'll see you next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.